yeah, we started walking towards the hut and I think we must have been walking about half an hour when we spotted one of the guys that was walking, coming back towards us, um, <laughs> to check if we were all right. Um, and we were fine. Like, I mean, it was raining and stuff, but we were kind of like slowly making our way along. We were happy and all that sort of thing. Um, Bethany was happy. John was happy. We were happy. Like nothing was wrong. Um, but he offered Bethany to like have a ride on his shoulders on the way, like the way back to the hut. And of course, like what well, four-year-old is going to turn that down? So, um, she got a like a ride on his shoulders back, um, all the way to the rest of the hut and he carried my pack as well so I just had to carry Jordan. This is Aotearoa Adventures with your host Abigail Hanna, the podcast for everything you need to know to travel New Zealand. I talk to photographers, van lifers, mums, students and everyday Kiwis to hear their inspiring stories from past adventures and to share helpful tips and tricks for your travels. Whether you're visiting Aotearoa for the first time and live on the road or you work a nine to five and have lived in New Zealand your whole life, you're guaranteed to learn something to plan your next getaway and get a new excitement to explore more of this beautiful country I call home. So grab your hiking boots, hop in the car and turn up the volume. Kia ora Sonia, thank you so much for being on the podcast. I'm really looking forward to having you on here because there's been a couple of people that wanted to hear from you and all about your adventures hiking with kids. Um, so do you want to introduce yourself and tell us a bit about you? Awesome. So yeah, kia ora everyone. I'm Sonia. Um, I have two little kids, not so little one of them anymore. Uh, one of them is going to be six in a couple of weeks and the other one's 18 months, 20 months old, one and a half. Um, yeah. And then, yeah, my husband, Menzo. And yeah, I sort of, we do a lot of tramping and run some businesses in between in our non-existent spare time. <laughs> I love that. That That's most business owners' life, isn't it? <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, tell us a bit about your business and, and sort of what you do for work. So I, the main thing I do is I make sunscreen, um, mm-hmm. which kind of was born from going outdoors with Bethany our first when she was little because um, there was kind of nothing on the market that would, you know, like, make that I was happy with um so I started sort of making sunscreens and set repellents and all that sort of stuff to help us get outside more and then like had friends who wanted stuff so ended up kind of unintentionally starting that business while I was on maternity leave with her um and then yeah ended up actually like releasing a kids book like a kids hiking book as well um that was kind of also just like an idea that was born actually while we were tramping the old ghost road um just I was so kind cool. of like a, yeah we were like walking along and I was just like oh wouldn't it be cool if like you know we did this and then this it's like when my best thinking happens when we're tramping yeah oh that's so cool to hear so I suppose that would mean that um work can be quite flexible around your adventures yeah yeah so it's kind of yeah it's kind of like sometimes more flexible and sometimes less flexible because mm. My husband's also self-employed, but he's kind of got to be here all the time because his is kind of like on-call work and emergency and all that sort of thing. Okay, yeah. And so it's sometimes hard because we can't get away for super, super long. Um, Mm. You know, if he is away, then he doesn't get paid. So it's kind of got pros and cons. Like, So that's why I started like going out with just myself and the kids a lot more now because – then we don't have to kind of wait around for him. <laughs> yeah. Oh, no, that's cool to hear. Um, I'm really interested to hear a little bit about your childhood and how your sort of passion for hiking and tramping all started. Um, do you want to take us back? Yeah. So, 
yeah, when we were kids, like we did a couple of tramps, like we did a couple of the great walks. Yeah. So we did Lake Waikamaru Moana and Kepler when I was a kid. Um, and mum like worked at the visitor center. So we did like heaps and heaps of traveling oh, as a kid. Oh, that's so cool. Yeah. Yeah. And I remember doing lots and lots of kind of like just day walks, family day walks was like our bonding activity, probably because it was free, which is kind of half the reason yeah. I take my kids now because it's free. Um, <laughs> So yeah, we did like a lot of just, you know, walks in and around Dunedin and that sort of thing, just in the hills there. Yeah. Were you um, based in Dunedin then as a kid? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, Most of the time we kind of switched around and moved around a wee bit. Do you remember sort of your first hike or how old you were when you first hit the trails? Um, I remember like really random things. Like I remember that I think because, yeah, when we did the Kepler, I would have been around... 10 and um I have two younger brothers and so they would have been around nine and seven or something like that and um we were packing our food and I really really wanted to take Nutella and my mum was like only if you carry it the whole way because you know they were like those (laughs) glass jars back then so I carried Nutella the whole way and I was so proud of myself because I got to eat Nutella (laughs) so it's always been about the food eh (laughs) yeah absolutely that that's what keeps you going when you're hiking the next snack break isn't it I do remember being like really not liking it as a teenager. Yeah. Um, but then, yeah, getting back into it at uni when I could kind of go with my friends instead. Mm-hmm. Which made it fun again. Yeah. Did that sort of like from uni, did that just sort of continue um, on until you became a mum and you just thought you'd, you'd keep on going? Or what was that journey like? Yeah, pretty much. So the main reason I kind of started getting back into the hiking was because I got into geocaching, okay. um, which is, yeah, like the whole, you know, you find hidden containers using a GPS yeah. and a lot of them are on hiking trails. And so like, that's kind of how I started getting back into the hiking again. Um, yeah. And then, yeah, when I finished up at uni, I moved down to Christchurch. So I did uni up in Auckland and moved down to Christchurch and when I came here, like I met my husband like a couple of weeks later and he was also like really keen to join on all these like crazy hiking ideas that yeah. I had. So um yeah, went along with him on all sorts of like crazy adventures, hiking, that sort of thing. Um we got married at a dock hut actually. That's amazing. <laughs> I feel like that needs that that must have a story. <laughs> Yeah, so it was so it was before we even like got engaged and we were kind of just um we were on a holiday up in I think tramping in Nelson and like bucketing rain and stuff. Yeah. And I was like, oh, wouldn't it be so cool if we got like married at a dock hut and <laughs> we were engaged in or anything? And I was kind of just like, you know, putting it out there. <laughs> and uh, I didn't know what I'd get as a response. And he was like, yeah, yeah, that'd be great. That'd be amazing. That'd be so cool. And like started like looking up which huts would be suitable and all that sort of thing. So I think we kind of already knew where we were going to get married before we were even engaged. <laughs> I love that so much. Did you have um, many guests at the wedding? Um, so we had about 30-ish. Okay. So we had, we it was Nydia Bay, Nydia Lodge in the Sounds. And so you yeah. can actually like book the hut out for sole occupancy and you can get a boat yeah. over there. So yeah. we hired a boat and um, yeah, got everyone in on the boat unless they wanted to walk, which there wasn't actually that many people that wanted to walk, unfortunately. <laughs> Did you walk in? Um, no, That's we didn't. The main walk in. So we had to bring all the stuff in. We, yeah. we walked in earlier, like to suss it out and things. So we yeah. walked in um, maybe like half a year before mm-hmm. just to like 
yeah, scope it out and things. And then it was hilarious because like my main memory of us like visiting the place was we visited it and there was like a tramping club there. Yeah. And they were like, oh no, you can't get married here. And we were like, oh, why not? Like, you know, is there something really wrong with the place? <laughs> like, what's wrong? And the lady was like, the the cutlery and the crockery, they don't match. <laughs> <laughs> wow like we're thinking of getting married at a dot cut like do you really think that that <laughs> oh so, that's amazing yeah. that's yeah, such a so, cool story like we did end up yeah getting there and some people walked in and um the oven ended up being broken and stuff but it was all good fun so yeah yeah all worked out have good yeah. memories yeah yeah <laughs> that's so cool yeah, yeah. At the start, all of our friends were kind of just like, oh, why do you have to do this? Like, this is really silly, like, yeah, it's so far away and all that sort yeah. of thing. At the end afterwards, everyone was just like, oh, wow, that was amazing. And, like, we had, like, you know, a pot of dolphins came into the bay oh, as well. Wow. Yeah, the whole place was just, like, magical and it was so peaceful and everything. And afterwards, everyone was just like, oh, wow, yeah, so glad you had your wedding here. That's so cool. That's phenomenal. Well, Old Ghost Road is uh... – longest continual track it's 85 kilometers long and it's like an old gold miners route from from what i read yeah like well, there's like definitely gold mining relics near the start at the end i think they yeah. built a section in the middle to kind of like connect the two together okay. um yeah. But like yeah the start was like an old route and the end was an old route yeah so tell us about your your hike on old ghost road i guess give us a little bit of an overview of the track um just just for anyone that wants to do it and then we'll we'll touch on some of your experiences and what it was like with the kids so it's yeah it was five days four nights um mm -hmm. and you can pre-book like little sleep hats instead of needing to yeah. sleep in the main hut, which was kind of the main attraction to it. So we booked it like when I was still pregnant with Jordan and mm -hmm. like we'd just come out of lockdown and I was on this like booking frenzy and like trying to book a whole bunch of stuff now that we could do stuff. Yeah. Um, so yeah, I wasn't sure how he'd sleep and that sort of thing. So that was kind of like one of the main attractions of it was the fact that we could yeah go there and have our own little space along the track yeah um, and yeah you kind of obviously have to get like your car relocated to get to the other side or catch a bus or whatever because the track mm -hmm. is a one-way track um and yeah there's quite a bit of like a climb over the saddle which was just stunningly magical and beautiful yeah. and then you drop down into the valley and that's where we kind of got almost three days of just rain which was not so fun but at least um, there wasn't as many sand flies in the rain which is <laughs> um which end did you start from is there is there one end that they recommend or can you do it both ways yeah so you can do it both ways unless you're on the bike if you're on a bike mm -hmm. you have to go from like lyle to Seddonville, and that's the way that we did it because it's kind of like the meant to be better in terms of like how much climbing you have to do okay um, yeah 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 when you when we were doing it as well there's one section where there's like a really 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 long day so the longest day on the track was actually 25 k's which okay. isn't that long for an adult but it was really really long with little kids there's two huts in between yeah. like um, old 
sort of basic dock huts that we could have stayed in. Um, and we were thinking about that when we were like looking at booking it and things. But if you stay in those huts, you obviously need to bring all your own cookers and everything versus mm-hmm. the other huts actually had the cookers supplied. They even had coffee plungers in all the huts, which was wow. yeah. I know, yeah. Um, so it was kind of like a bonus not having to carry all the extra stuff. So we yep, decided yep. to go off just doing the long day rather than stopping at one of the dock huts in between because then we'd have to carry, you know, so much extra weight the whole mm-hmm. trip. So we thought it would be way better just not carrying the stuff, like a bit more of a treat. Yeah. No, that's really cool. So four huts that you have to book. Uh, do you have to book quite a lot in advance like you do for great walks or can you also just show up? Um, you definitely do have to book like a bit in advance, especially for yeah. the sleep out. So when I was looking, like the sleep outs were actually booking out quite like fast. Mm-hmm. Um, but it's not definitely not as busy as the Great Walks. Yeah. And obviously because the huts are smaller, so there's less people. But um, I think like, you know, if you wanted just like, if you're going just by yourself or like with two people, you could probably get like a booking, you know, like semi close mm-hmm. in advance. Yeah. that's really cool it sounds like it would be quite a good alternative then to great walks because it's yeah. like similar similar length um is other tracks pretty well maintained as well yeah so that was another thing that sort of like attracted us to it um yeah. for doing it with like a new baby is that like it's pretty like graded because obviously like the mountain bikers use it because it's like a mountain biking and a walking track mm-hmm. and yeah. so most of the way like you had kind of like a, you know, one meter wide track. Like there were certain sections that were a bit more dodgy and stuff, but yeah. like it was pretty much like walking along a path, um, like a trail path, but more of yeah. a path than some other trails. That's cool. So what was, what was your experience like with the kids? Um, talk us through from day one, what that looked like for you guys. So day one, when we started, we camped at the campground before like so there is a campground right Mm -hmm. at the trailhead and that was great in some ways and not so great in other ways um it was great because obviously we didn't have to like then try and pile the kids into the car or anything like that to get going the next day we could kind of just you know make sure our bags were packed feed them all breakfast and just start walking yeah um and the not so great part though was that obviously you're sleeping in a campground we arrived quite late um Jordan hadn't slept like he'd slept on a car camping mattress before but not like the hiking mattress and he didn't like the hiking one yeah so we didn't have the best night's sleep like he didn't wake you know other people up around us but he definitely kept me awake so it wasn't good in terms of like didn't have the best night's sleep but it was great because it was easy to get going in the morning yeah and was Jordan sort of eight months old when you were doing Um, the old cross road 11 weeks so just three months be born a bit earlier he ended up being quite overdue um yeah. so he was meant to be like just over three months old but no we ended up with yeah an 11 week old was this the first hike that you did with him yeah so we had because he was meant to be a little bit older we were meant yeah. to have time yeah. before to go do an overnight tramp but um we didn't end up having time to do an overnight tramp before <laughs> so it actually ended up unintentionally being his first overnight trip like we'd done a camping trip like a car you know driving yeah. around and camping trip when he was six weeks old um okay like a week on the road and yeah camping with the two of them so we kind of had like an idea of what he did like not at home yeah but yeah we hadn't actually sort of taken him on an overnight tramp yet well that's a cool story that he can bring out at parties in the future (laughs) (laughs) um yeah so 
what what was day two like or day oh day one so after we started walking yeah (laughs) Yeah. so um it was really great because when we started walking there was actually yeah kilometer markers every kilometer which Mm. was so great because like everyone's always like oh wow you took a baby and it's like well actually it was the four-year-old that was the hard work because she like you know she obviously had to walk and there were times when she didn't necessarily want to walk or where walking was a little bit hard or where she wanted a break and things like that and like she definitely had bigger emotions and things than you know the baby the baby just pretty much slept the whole way like he was just <laughs> you know just had a bit of verb would just get walking again like he yeah. didn't really care who he was he was just happy in the carrier on um the front and yeah bethany she was just like she was really great she did really good we'd taken on heaps of hikes before um at this point she'd probably done like you know 50 or more huts already so That's it's so not cool. like she was inexperienced yeah but um she yeah she, the kilometer markers were like a great motivator because yeah. she could see that we were getting closer to the hut we also found a lot of the geocaches along the way and mm. that worked really well because it kind of broke up the trip a bit yeah. um it was signposted as four to six hours and i think it took us about eight hours to do that first section it was all mainly uphill but it was mm. kind of like you know obviously on the bikes it was like a quite gentle uphill climb so it wasn't sort of anywhere near as bad as like some other tracks that we've done yeah. even with the baby on the front it's a pretty solid effort um so would you and your hubby both have been carrying packs and then you would have had jordan on the front as well yeah yeah so i had a bag with like a full-size tramping pack um mm. and i had like all the nappies um all of jordan's clothes and all of my clothes mm-hmm. and then my husband had the pack with his clothes, Bethany's clothes, um, all the kind of like extra odd bits and bobs, like the first aid kit and all that sort of stuff. Um, and obviously we didn't need like cookers and things. So the bags felt really light compared to usual. So one of the things before we went is we knew we had to have like a plan for carrying Bethany because even though she could walk far distances, like especially on Mm -hmm. that long day, there had Mm -hmm. to be like a way that we had to carry her for at least sections of it so that she could have a break. Um, and so, we had her on my husband's shoulders in between kind of like his pack and his neck. Um, So she was kind of like the way she was sitting. And when she leaned back, like the pack kind of made a seat for her. And so, yeah, it was quite like, you know, she was kind of like riding style. (laughs) (laughs) Love that. Um, So, yeah, so he kind of had extra heavy weight when he had to carry her. But then um, he got to have breaks from her versus I had Jordan on the front the whole time, but Mm -hmm. I got to have a lighter pack. Yeah. Um, and did you, I assume you had to take food as well for all, all the days? Oh, yes, yeah, and the food, yeah, yeah. So the husband <laughs> had the food. Yeah, the yeah. food was all in his pack, so his pack yeah. got lighter, but then um, I started putting some of the wet nappies into his pack to carry out. Yeah. <laughs> so we did um, close to cloth nappies because we do cloth nappies mm-hmm. at home all the time we did take disposables for night time because everyone always says how much better disposables are we hadn't really tried them before but they actually sucked (laughs) he ended up leaking through like the whole first three nights because i hadn't used a disposable before and i didn't know how Mm -hmm. they worked um so that wasn't great so um the cloth definitely ended up being way better pretty much we'd put him into a cloth nappy and that had like the inner part went on top of the cloth nappy rather than inside it which it does in some of the other ones okay. so some nappies you have to then end up 
like the inner and the outer has to go in the wash versus these ones only the inner had to go in the wash so you could kind of keep reusing the same outer which is obviously better in terms of like yeah drying out and stuff so then we could kind of just give them a rinse and re like hang them up on the bag when it was nice weather so that they could dry and then reuse them um versus disposable we had to actually carry out along with all the water weight because you can't dry them out so the disposables that we used at the night and the night were like pretty manky by the end and really Uh-oh. heavy so they, got to, they got to go into the husband's back um, doesn't sound fun yeah, yeah. Uh, that's that's really cool to hear um yeah what you did with nappies um did it get messy with poos as well um because at that age like they're pretty much when they're only on the boob the poos like pretty mild um and yeah. we did a lot of ec so like elimination communication so pretty much mm-hmm. we'd hold them out above a container i like using an ice cream container because they're you know quite nice and portable and light and you can pretty much yeah. just hold baby above the ice cream container and every time we had like a break while hiking we'd take them out of the carrier because babies don't like peeing when they're like all bundled up and wrapped mm. up and that sort of thing like mm-hmm. they usually pee when the nappy comes off yeah <laughs> so, especially boys especially so, boys yeah <laughs> so pretty much we'd just take him out of the nappy before he peed and just hold him out above the ice cream container and mm-hmm. then yeah he'd pee and poo in there which was really really great no that's really cool to hear so how was how was that first night at the hut um you had your own sleep out right yeah so the sleep outs have like a double bed on the bottom and a double bed on the top so you can oh, get that's like, so cool yeah but um our four-year-old usually is used to coming into our bed at home um yeah. so she did the same in the hut but she told us <laughs> that she was going to stay in her own bed because she wanted the top bunk and she promised that she was going to stay in it all night um but we got them both to sleep and jordan was sleeping with us on the bottom bunk and bethany was sleeping on the top bunk and around 11 p.m she woke up just like screaming having an absolute tantrum that she didn't want to be on the top oh, bunk no. and yeah she was really upset that jordan wasn't her spot um, yeah. so she yeah she got quite unsettled and that sort of thing and she ended up waking she i think she pinched him which then woke him up um and then so yeah both of them were then upset and screaming and it was only about like five minutes but it was you know when you're kind of like freaking out going like there's other people nearby they're gonna wake everyone else up like Mm. a good thing we're not inside the hut everything like this going through your head it felt like the longest five minutes ever but luckily she kind of like settled back down and like she slept in the bottom bed with us so i kind of had like jordan under one arm on one side and then her under my other arm on the other side and then my husband on the end who got a bit more space than me (laughs) (laughs) as long as the kids sleep well right (laughs) yeah 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 so Jordan pretty much would wake up like he was still waking up probably like every hour or so in the night time but I'd pretty much just feed him and like he wouldn't he'd just stir I'd wake up hearing him stir and he would feed and he was pretty much like silent yeah oh easy (laughs) um what were the rest of the days like so the second day was also like absolutely magical. Um, mm. There was just uh, like the most stunning views going over the top and everything. We had perfect mm. weather. It was just clear and everything was just so amazing. We'd usually kind of, um, we figured out that Jordan would kind of like sleep for about two hours and um, then he'd 
wake up for like about half an hour, 45 minutes. Yeah. Um, and then maybe sleep for like another hour and then wake up for kind of like another hour or so. And so we had like this really good rhythm where in the morning, um, me and the kids would get organized and we'd head out the hut door mm-hmm. and, um, my husband would stay back and like finish packing all our stuff up and like the sleeping bags and, you know, all that stuff that yeah. was going into back anyway. And, um, Meanwhile, me and Bethany would walk with Jordan on my front and Bethany loved it because she thought that we were running away from daddy. Um, (laughs) Just like the best game ever, just running away from him. Um, And so she would walk really, really, really well. And Jordan would be falling asleep just as we'd be leaving the hut because he will have been awake like over Mm. breakfast time and all that sort of thing. So he'd fall asleep just then. And so we'd get like a good solid like hour and a half to our like real good walking time while she was really motivated. And um, Jordan would be asleep on my front. And generally, like, by the time my husband caught up to us, then he would carry Bethany for, like, a little bit just to give her a break so that we could cover, like, a little bit more ground with her having a break. But, like, we wouldn't feel like we needed a break yet, so we'd just Mm. cover a little bit more ground while Jordan was sleeping. And then, yeah, pretty much every time he woke up, we'd stop almost no matter where we were, take him out to pee, have, like, a bit of a break, a bit of a play, um, that sort of thing. And then, yeah, usually would end up having a break for about half an hour, 45 minutes at a time. Mm-hmm. And then, yeah, we'd get walking again. And usually, like, I would try to space the breaks out. So if Bethany was starting to need a break um, and I knew that Jordan would kind of sleep for maybe another 10, 15 minutes, like I'd yeah. try to, like, drag her out a little bit, like, you know, offer her a little bit of lollies or yeah. something like that yeah, just yeah. to get her walking a little bit further. Um but yeah, she did like really amazingly. She loved like the fact that the track was so formed and she could walk so easily on it. Yeah. Well, it sounds like a really good rhythm that you guys sort of got into that that worked for everybody. Um, do you I know the last three days of your hike were quite wet. Um, how did you how did you deal with that and how did you make sure that the kids stayed sort of dry and warm? Yeah, that was um interesting. <laughs> so um, <laughs> my I had like a raincoat that was big enough that I could fit me and Jordan in it and zip it mm. all the way up to like the back of his neck. Yeah. Um, so the carrier that we had, pretty much every carrier that you can get is actually cotton, which is mm. like, you know, the big outdoors no-no, but yeah, we didn't have yeah, really yeah. good choice. <laughs> so um, like I was really conscious of the fact that we had this cotton carrier on. So I was really like, you know, careful not to get him wet. Um, and he actually ended up like the carrier ended up staying pretty much dry the whole time under the raincoat. Mm-hmm. Um, the one like thing that I really should have done was his head obviously was poking out. And so he had like a Merino hat and I'd bought, I think I'd bought like three to swap them out, which yeah. was like really good thinking. Cause like the Merino did say really warm when it was wet, but I really should have had like a waterproof bonnet over the top of it. Yeah. And I mentioned this um, at the, the hut like the fir- after the first rainy day and one of the ladies was like oh I've got a fruit bag like you know the supermarket fruit bags um, <laughs> yeah, yeah. And I was like, actually well that'll do like in the absence of anything else so I'd tie it on him like kind of like a little like do rag um yeah. and so like keep an eye on him that it was not covering his eyes um mm. but that did the job and kept his um you know his merino hats a bit more dry yeah um and how did Bethany do in the rain so she had like a waterproof um, raincoat and pants that were mm-hmm. too small for her, but we only realised that like just before we were leaving. <laughs> because, um, <laughs> obviously, because I'd been like really heavily pregnant and just had a baby and stuff, we hadn't actually, and it had been summer and been hot, she hadn't actually had to use her waterproof stuff that yeah. much. 
Um, so I don't know if she realised that like her waterproof pants kind of like only really came up to like the top of her calves, um, which was not really ideal. No. Um, <laughs> so she got a bit more wet than him. So she ended up, we had kind of, so we took for her a set of clothes that she'd wear every day and yep. then her spare set and then her pyjamas were also merino. Yeah. And so we would start walking with her in the one set of clothes and then by the time she got wet at lunchtime so we had like a tarp that we'd put up in between the trees just for our breaks mm-hmm. so it was really great because we could kind of stay dry underneath it and That's like ideal. Yeah. Dry, yeah and we had like the quick dry towel so pretty much when we had a break we'd like wrap her up in the quick dry towel so that she could you know dry herself yeah. off take her wet shoes off um that sort of thing just so that she could you know warm up a little bit um yeah. and yeah gave her a full set of the dry clothes swapped her around at lunchtime ish um and that worked like wonders like it was kind of like she was a completely new child she'd be so happy and she'd be ready to run off and get get going again um yeah so yeah there it was yeah so we had the second set and then when we got to the hut we'd put her in the pajamas and dry both sets out Mm mm-hmm yeah, so that worked really well. Um, she's got better waterproof gear now, um, yeah. <laughs> but that was, that was a big, big learning curve because um, yeah, the, really yeah, the cool. jacket she had at the time wasn't quite waterproof enough. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so tell me about the longest day in the hike. Yeah, so we decided to leave early, so we set alarms. We set alarms for, I think, like 6.30, and we had the plan mm-hmm. again of, like, my husband would um, help get us ready and yeah. go in, and then he'd come catch up to us and join us later. So we headed out. Um, can't remember exactly what time we started walking. Um, oh, there was, like, a smaller saddle that we had to cross. Okay. And, like, we had to go through up this, like, park called Boneyard um, and – yeah, Bethany, I think she knew that it was going to be a long day because normally, like, every day she was, like, real happy starting off walking mm-hmm. and, like, you know, loved, like, you know, going up in front and all that sort of thing. But oh, she was just really, really upset. She just did not want to walk and she was just not oh, even no. wanting to move. Like, she would kind of just sit on the track and just, you know, be all sad and that sort of thing. Yeah. Um, so I, I didn't guess have it's to, challenging to sort of balance those expectations. Like, you want yeah. to sort of let her know that it's going to be a long day, but. Not if it puts her off too much. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, and like people were starting to sort of overtake us and she was going like, oh, we're never going to get there. And wow, oh. they beat us and all this sort of thing. Um, and I was like, no, no, we're going to get there. But like I couldn't carry her because I was like carrying the baby already mm-hmm. as well. Otherwise I would have like, you know, carried her as well. And that would have, you know, gotten us through a little bit. But we wanted to try and, you know, make a bit of ground before my husband caught up to us. So, yeah, we tried to... Um, I tried to give her quite a few lollies and that sort of thing to see if she'd walk. Um, but she was just kind of like slowly dawdling along and being a little bit sad. But then yeah. not long after we spotted this um, bridge and she was just like, what, a bridge? I want to cross it. I want to go over it. And then she was just like off and that was it. And she just kept on like running up ahead. And yeah. um, we had like a couple of geocaches along the way. So she would like, yeah, she was helping find them and she was so happy to find them. That's and like cool. this photo of her, it was like a massive grin holding a geocache. Um, because yeah. I told her we had to take a photo given that daddy was missing out because we were running away from him. Um, <laughs> so, so then yeah, we kept on walking. We had like a nice um big break. I think Jordan woke up before um my husband caught up to us and so mm-hmm. yeah, we 
had like a nice big break from this like beautiful vantage point where we could see all everywhere we'd come from and we could That's see stunning. him coming up the hill behind us yeah it yeah. was just it's just like a magical place there the mountains yeah. and the bottom. I love being able to see sort of how far you've walked when it's like mm. across a valley or yeah. over to another ridge yeah yeah, it's, it's fun when you see it after. It's not so fun when you see, like, oh, is that where the track goes? Yeah, but this is definitely <laughs> true. <laughs> um, yeah, so we had kind of like a little bit of a break and he um, caught up to us and stuff. And I think pretty much the last group of people that was leaving behind us had already overtaken us by this point yeah. um and but Bethany really really wanted to she was like great friends with everybody at the hut and she really really wanted to make it to um like Goat Creek which was where everyone was going to be stopping for lunch mm-hmm. and I know realistically knew that we weren't going to make it while everyone else was still having lunch but like we kind of yeah. knew that it would be gone by the time we got there but I was just like yeah yeah keep walking faster yeah we'll catch up to them um, <laughs> kind of just telling her that just so that she'd keep walking yeah. um and it was kind of a great motivation and yeah she was a bit disappointed when we got there and everyone was already gone but like I guess the excitement of being in another cool new hut and you know mm. like looking through the old logbook and there was like a pretty picture in it and like there was lots of grass space to run around and, and all that sort of thing that kind of like made her forget about the fact that everybody was already up ahead of us yeah yeah um, and so yeah then when we had a break there like until this point there had actually been real nice weather like the weather forecast did say that it was meant to be like the worst raining day but it was actually quite good like we hadn't had a drop of rain until this point mm-hmm. so um we were like yay it's gonna be beautiful like the sun was starting to come out and everything yeah. and um so I was like yeah the weather forecast was wrong or it's probably just changed or whatever um and I like reapplied sunscreen on all the kids and almost as soon as I reapplied sunscreen it started bucketing down and I was like oh. That's what happens when I plop sunscreen. No. <laughs> um, and we were like kind of just about to get ready to leave and stuff. Um, so yeah, we kind of waited out the worst of the drizzle yeah. and then yeah, started walking again in the rain. Um, there was actually another hut before the hut we were going to be staying at. So that was yeah. the day that you passed the two like basic dock huts. Mm-hmm. Um, and so we kind of, it was eight kilometers between the two basic huts and then another yeah. three kilometers from the second one to the hut itself. Mm-hmm. And I'd kind of in the morning, I'd already like mentally prepared myself thinking like it was actually a realistically, like we were probably going to get to the hut we were staying at, at around 7 30 PM. Yeah. And so like, I kind of had expected, expected about that. Um, so we were actually like doing pretty good time. Cause I think, um, I told myself we had to be at two o'clock at the Goat Creek hut. And, um, we got there about one thirty, So okay. we were already, yeah, beating yeah. our time with like too badly. Um, That's always such a good like, feeling. Yeah, yeah. So for the little flat section, Bethany had actually walked pretty much most of the way up until that point. Like she yeah. hadn't actually been carried for that much. So the plan was to kind of carry her for as much as possible of the next like flat section, just mm-hmm. to kind of make it through those flats quite quickly um, so that we could then just do the last bit and like kind of relax a little bit more in the last bit because we know that we're a bit closer, um, especially like with the rain and stuff. We don't want to hang out too much mm. in the rain mm. um so yeah so we made it over the eight kilometers i think she got carried about half of that distance like so she'd only get carried about 400 meters at a time or so so she'd kind of yeah, like that's pretty walk, good 
Yeah, so she kind of like walked about half a K, get carried half a K-ish or so. Um, mm-hmm. And we kind of just did that just so that we wouldn't actually have to stop because Jordan was quite mm-hmm. happy in the area mm-hmm. and we were quite happy just walking because we didn't have like super heavy packs or anything like that. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, we kind of just made our way over to there. Um, as soon as we walked in the door, though, I was like, I'm not moving anymore. I just want to sleep here. <laughs> Still three Ks to go, yeah. <laughs> and um, it was like raining as well and I was just like don't want to move yeah. um, but like obviously because we had no cookers and stuff we didn't really have a choice but yeah. um they had to take what in, time um, was it by the time you were at that hut was, we got there at 5 p.m and like we'd okay. had heaps of snacks with us that we didn't quite have to have dinner yet so yeah. we had like heaps of like more like hearty snacks and like we had like biltong and stuff like this just to kind mm. of like um draw out dinner time so i knew that would be late and i sort of like the plan was just to have bigger snacks and yeah. get and it was in summertime yeah. so you would have still had daylight yeah so it was daylight until about nine ish so like we weren't yeah. sort of in like an overly rush like it's kind of like sometimes with kids it actually works really quite well knowing that you have that late daylight and kind of just like taking your time like it might take yeah, you, absolutely. you know 10 hours from hut to hut but like it's better than you know rushing there in half the time and then yeah because it was energy at the hut anyway so yeah. <laughs> like you may as well take your time more slowly and yeah then get there sort of like over the course of the day and enjoy the breaks and things a bit more mm-hmm. yeah so um we had about an hour's break there and every day i'd taken like a hot thermos with me yeah like it was yeah. just like a 450 mil or 500 mil or something thermos because we didn't have the gas copper obviously so we couldn't make water along the track it was really great because we made hot chocolates at that hut and it was the best hot chocolate of my life like the most best deserved like i was like what did Amazing. i do differently? because it was like the best hot chocolate and I've never been able to recreate it but I think it was just because we were so exhausted yeah <laughs> it just like the best thing ever it's phenomenal how good everything tastes when when you're that tired <laughs> yeah, yeah I know every food is just so much better hiking like I'm yeah. sure if I like dehydrated food at home it'd be so gross like <laughs> on the trail, it's just it's, it's amazing yeah <laughs> so you eventually made it those last three k's to the hut yeah, so, um, yeah, well, we, we were kind of thinking, like, we were really tempted to stay at the hut. We were kind of like, we could just, like, you know, get there early in the morning, the next morning, mm. and not not, not, not worry, worry about dinner and just eat more snacks tonight. But um, we were like, well, actually, everyone else that we've been at the huts with, because that was kind of, like, the cool thing about that trail is because it's, like, continuous. You walk along with the same people, and so you kind of yeah. get to know all the people and that sort of thing. And so... Mm. Um, like the people obviously like we're like well we know that they're going to get worried for us so we can't stay here because they'll probably like you know start alerting search and rescue or something if we don't make it <laughs> yeah, so yeah. at around six ish we were like well yeah we kind of really need to get going um mm-hmm. so yeah we started walking towards the hut and i think we must have been walking about half an hour when we spotted one of the guys that was walking coming back towards us oh. um, to check if we were all right um and we were fine like i mean it was raining and stuff but we were kind of like slowly making our way along we were yeah. happy and all that sort of thing um bethany was happy john was happy we were happy like nothing was wrong um but he offered bethany to like have a ride on his shoulders on the yeah. way like the way back to the hut and of course like what four-year-old is going to turn that down so um she got a like a ride on his shoulders back um all the way to the rest of the hut and he carried my pack as well so i just had to carry jordan so we wow. kind of managed what an amazing guy after hiking yeah. all that way and carrying his own pack that day 
Mm. Yeah, That's it was awesome. really, really handy. Yeah, it was kind of like we would have been fine without it, but it was yeah. really, really nice and handy. Yeah. yeah, that's that's so cool when people sort of care out, care for you, and look yeah. out for you on the trails. Yeah, because awesome. when we got to that hut as well, like they'd already like if they had a kettle that was already like just boiled, like just Aww, when we back yeah. sort of. So that was really lovely. Yeah. So we kind of, kind of like cook our dehydrated food like straight away because the kettle was already yeah. boiled and the fireplace was roaring and they'd like already made space for us to put our wet clothes up and all that sort of thing. It was oh, so that's really lovely. That makes me smile. <laughs> yeah. I don't know. I feel like trampers can be like such nice, like it's just so cool. Like trampers are just like such nice people. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Um, how long was that longest day? <laughs> um, was yeah so the 25 kilometers and we must have left around eight in the morning i yeah. would guess like i'm yeah. not entirely sure and we got to the hut around 7 p.m okay so solid, yeah so i've been solid 11. yeah so i'd be yeah. kind of like counting that you know like we needed to get to the hut by 7 30 like i kind of figured it would probably be there by 7 30 so we did mm-hmm. kind of make it just a little bit faster than that so mm-hmm. yeah not good. No, no, like, that's really not, cool. Yeah. Yeah. Not bad time guessing though. <laughs> yeah. Um, do you want to wrap up and tell us about the last day then? Yeah, so that last day it was raining again. <laughs> um, the views at that last hut though were just absolutely magical. Like it was so beautiful. Like I don't think that's like so cool. any photo could capture how beautiful it was. It was just like on the most gorgeous spot um so we kind of had like a slightly more relaxed warning in the morning like given we just had the long day but we did need to get out as well so um we started and like everyone at the hut had been talking about having pizza at the end because there's like a lodge at the end and so we kind of decided we're like yeah sure we'll get pizza too so we told we'll get pizza at the end of the walk and that was honestly like one of the best decisions we made was telling her (laughs) because she was so happy um and it was like such a great motivator for her to walk on that last day um the last day was just like yeah absolutely like scary like massive drop-offs like gorgeous it was beautiful but really scary like mm, because you're kind of like watching it going like, mom. yeah yeah watching it with like these little kids going like don't run away from me and like yeah, really yeah. on nerves um but like she, bethany still hikes even now she still hikes holding my hand so mm. um it wasn't like really an issue because i knew that she was holding my hand but still like when you're going over these massive i think they were called like suicide bluffs oh no um, <laughs> Yeah, so um, it was kind of just like, oh, but definitely a bit yeah. scary. And it um, so we made like really, really good time at the start because again, like Bethany was walking really, really well because she thought they were running away from daddy and um, mm-hmm. John was asleep meanwhile and like it was raining down hard, but like, yeah, that she was, they, that both kids were quite happy. Um, then we ended up having like there were some people on like a motorbike doing like track maintenance or something okay. and so that obviously like come from cell phone reception and told us about like how much worse the rain was going to get and that it was only going to get worse and all this sort of thing oh. it was just like right um yeah so that was kind of like a little bit scary because it was just like we still were only about halfway-ish it must have been and yeah. we still had like all this distance to cover and we didn't really want to you know sit out there soaked or anything like that um so we had like a rest under the tarp and the rain did get heavier um and when we had our lunch and we kind of had this slight decision thing of you know what do we do because we knew that mm-hmm. it's could walk around like she could probably walk around a couple of hours um but maybe like 
yeah, and Jordan would probably sleep about a couple of hours, but like it was probably realistically at our pace, still about like three hours away from the end. And yeah, yeah. I've sort of gotten Bethany changed into her like pajamas for her third set of clothes for like the last little part of the track. But um, we kind of didn't really want to rest. Like we kind of wanted to try see if we could maybe get all the way out in one go, like without having another rest. Because yeah. um, when you put the tarp like away, like it would be. Yeah, like it just wouldn't be as nice needing to have another break and we didn't have like another thermos of water and that sort of thing. Yeah. So it was kind of like, yeah, what what do we do? Like we knew the lodge at the end would be dry. So it was like, and we didn't want her to be uncomfortable for too long. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, we kind of had this big like, you know, what do we do? How do we do this? That mm-hmm. sort of thing, scenarios and stuff thing. Um, and we ended up kind of like deciding, like we waited for like a bit of a drop in the um, rain levels because it was like really, really, really heavy. And so we kind of like waited around till the rain dropped a little bit. And then we headed out, like just me and the kids while the husband packed down the shelter and um, yeah, pretty much powered it through. And as soon as he called up to us, he carried Bethany again for a little bit. Mm-hmm. kind of like just powering it through. And then luckily there ended up being like this little like gap in good weather. So then we had like a little break and we dawdled for a little bit um and then by this point we were kind of like so close to the end but yeah like it was also like felt like some of the longest sections because we had these kilometer markers like the whole way and then yeah. you're like yeah. and it feels like they're getting further and further away <laughs> just like, we're almost there we're so close and mm. there's this also like this really really horrible part we had to climb over this big like hill just before the end oh, and the like, it had been pre-warned but yeah it was it, it did suck it was very very like horrible mm. because it just like you were so exhausted and so ready to be done and then there's like this big and it was really muddy as well mm. and so it kind of felt like you were just like slipping the whole time yeah. um so that part was like a bit hard but um then we made it and we were kind of like within about 400 meters and i'm pretty sure one of the kilometer markers was missing as well um, <laughs> <laughs> we were, like, that does not help with motivation levels <laughs> yeah no no um, so yeah, we were within about 400 meters and then Bethany just had this whole like massive, like, I can't do it. It's too far away. We're never going to get there. Like she'd been completely fine up to this point and having so much fun, even though we were like, you know, all starting to get a bit wet. Um, but she just had this massive, like, I'm never going to be able to do it thing. Um, but then like a couple minutes later, we could actually like smell the um, fireplace. That's you could amazing. Stuff. I yeah. reckon every track needs a pizza place at the end. I know. Uh, well, Bethany must have been so stoked when, when you guys got there. Yeah, she was. Yeah, like as soon as she could smell it, she was just like, oh, keep smelling it. If you stop smelling it, smell it away. <laughs> so then she pretty much like ran that last I section. I love that. Really, really cool to hear your experience um, doing Old Ghost Road. And I hadn't actually heard of it um, until you mentioned it to me. Um, but it sounds like such a cool track. And from what you said, the, the views are phenomenal as well. Um, do you have any advice for other mums or, cause you said you do a couple solo hikes as well, um, for mums or for parents that also want to hike with their kids? Um, what are your sort of top tips? Um, that's a hard one. <laughs> yeah, I definitely reckon one of them is like, yeah, not necessarily waiting around for other people. Mm. So I, even though I'd done lots and lots of day walks with Bethany, just me and her when she was younger, yeah. I didn't actually do any overnight hikes with just me and her until after Jordan was born, like then with the, okay. the horse because yeah. I kind of was always waiting around for my husband because I kind of felt bad. Like I kind of felt like if I was going to go away, 
it needed to be all of us. Yeah. Um, but he'd be working and, like, I mean, I'd be home during the week and, like, you know, it's not that much effort. Well, it is a lot of effort. But, you know, like, it's to just go away and do, like, you know, like an overnight during midweek and mm. that sort of thing. Like, it's mm. not, yeah, like, it just ends up being a lot easier sometimes just to go with just the kids than trying to organize all of us so it's yeah. not like, yeah, just don't wait around for other people and just go and it's not as scary as it seems yeah I, um yeah it's definitely like seems like it's going to be really intimidating and like it's going to be such hard work and it is hard but like if you've just got all your gear you know take it at your own pace and walk slowly mm. get there like just like a hut obviously rather than a campsite but you know camping is fun too um, yeah. choosing a hut that's you know not that far away and you know you can it doesn't matter if a two-hour walk takes you all day yeah. like you're still getting out there and getting there and I mean like everyone's like oh you know 10 hours is too much to be walking for a child but like they're not actually walking for 10 hours you know like they're dawdling mm. at their own pace like they're only yeah. really you know, walking what an adult would do in about an hour or two yeah so yeah. um yeah, like it's kind of like don't be put off by the fact that, you know, children can't be outside all day because they can. Yeah. Well, you totally proved that with, with 11 yeah. hours on Old Coast Road. <laughs> well, that's actually the worst one. One time we did um, we did 13 hours with just like before Jordan was born when it was yeah. um, just Bethany. When we, yeah, we did like we went over Harmon Pass and like near Arthur's Pass mm-hmm. and that was quite a meaty one, 13. That was a 13-hour day. That was quite exhausting. I was definitely very shattered by the end of the day. Yep. And would she have been four at that time? She would have been, she was still in the carrier on my back. She would have been around, she must have been around two. Okay. Maybe like one and a half then. So we were carrying her almost entirely the whole way. Yeah. Yeah. That's that's really cool. I'm really interested to hear what I suppose the different challenges are at the different age groups. Yeah. So like tiny, tiny baby is actually like the easiest. It really is. Um, That's so interesting because I imagine a lot of people would be quite scared to to hike with a tiny baby. Yeah. Yeah. So I I feel like that is kind of like, yeah, usually what most people are like most afraid of, but it's like my husband called it. He's like, well, your baby's hydration bladder is on you. So Mm. um, Mm-hmm. like and that's pretty much their food as well so yeah. when they're like tiny tiny you don't actually other than sorting out nappies you don't actually or like you know holding them out over a body or a container or whatever you don't actually have to do that much like they're really happy in the carrier they mm-hmm. love being in the carrier with Bethany it was so easy because at home like she only wanted to be in the carrier she was like a really really clingy baby that never yeah. slept and so she was in the carrier like 24 7 versus like it's hard to think if you've got them in the carrier 24 seven and you're trying to do housework, but if you've got them in a carrier 24 seven and you're out hiking, it doesn't actually matter. Yeah. So easy. Yeah. Like in comparison, because it was just like that age. Yeah. They just sit there happily. Like they don't mind too much as long as they're having cuddles. Um, the zero to six months was a little bit harder than kind of like the six to 18 months okay. because I find six to 18 months, you can actually pop them on your back. Like you don't have to have them on your mm. front anymore. Yeah. And so we did some really, really meaty tramps with Bethany, like in that six to sort of 18 ish months window, because yeah. it was kind of just like having an extra heavy normal tramping pack. Yeah. Like what, what do you do with a tramping pack when you've got a kid on the back? So, um, Menzo usually carried most of like the gear stuff and I have like a tramping pack that's like a tramping pack with like child carrier type thing. Oh, cool. Um, Yeah. And 
that only works for the first one. Afterwards, you have to have the kid on the front when they're older anyway and pack yeah. on the back and need more gear. But for the first one, it works to have, like, husband carry gear and you yeah. carry all, the, like, the baby and the clothes. Mm-hmm. Um, and so, like, I think it's, like, 32 litres of space that I've got on top of, like, carrying the baby. That's pretty decent. And, yeah, then I'd usually, like, clip stuff on. So usually my pack would end up being about 25 kilos and then my yeah. husband's would be, like, 30, 35, depending yeah. on sort of how many days we were doing. We did quite a few, like, yeah, sort of like five-ish day trips um, at that age where she kind of, yeah, she just would have Lisa on the back looking out and stuff. Um, so six to 18 months was definitely like the easiest age. Zero to six mm-hmm. was also easy, but like you just had to be more conscious of mm-hmm. what tracks you did because you can't see under your feet so good. So you just have to make sure that like the tracks you do yeah, are sure. like rugged and stuff. And especially, you know, when they're so tiny, you kind of feel yeah. like, and you know, like you kind of feel like at that, like I still carry um, Jordan on my front now sometimes, but I guess when they're tiny, you kind of feel a bit more like precious about them. Um, yeah. <laughs> maybe that's why it seems harder, even though he's still on my front now and he's older. Mm. Um, then sort of it definitely gets a bit harder. Like it kind of, I feel like it gets gradually, gradually harder until they're about three. And then I feel mm-hmm. like three is kind of like the turning point from which it gets easier because up until three, so pretty much from like 18 months to around three, you've got this stage where they're wanting to walk, but they're not very fast. Yeah. Um, and they're getting heavier, obviously. Yeah. <laughs> um, and so you kind of have this progression of them getting heavier, but then wanting to walk, but them not really being able to walk mm-hmm. very far mm-hmm. um, until you get to three where it's kind of like, I feel like at it's like, peak difficulty um and then <laughs> kind of like from three onwards they start walking so much more and it just gets so much yeah. easier again yeah so Bethany we pretty much carried on overnight trips until that on the old ghost road I'm pretty sure that was the last time we carried her mm-hmm. um after pretty much five onwards she just walked herself um we'd yeah. sometimes carry her for day trips just because she like clingy child really likes the <laughs> carried and that sort of thing um yeah. so if you do like a day walk and we don't have as much gear to carry sometimes we'll like you know carry her like for fun um but generally kind of like from five onwards she can pretty much walk herself now like she's still you know slower than like an older child or an adult mm-hmm. but um if I give her like light like for an overnight trip um if it's an easy one she can actually carry all her own gear now which is quite handy <laughs> Yeah, that's really cool. That's so interesting to hear the sort of differences in in the different ages. What's one of your most asked questions? They definitely kind of like ask about like, you know, how how do you do it? That's mm. kind of like a commonly yeah, like how people. how do you start? Like I suppose. Yeah. 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 And what what is your advice for for someone that wants to get started and wants to hike more with their kids? Um, so yeah, try out like day walks just to kind of like see how they walk. Day walks are a really good way to see how you compare to the dock time. Mm -hmm. Um, that's such good advice. So like, um, we kind of like, I kind of had like from taking Bethany out geocaching and stuff, like had a really good idea, like how fast she walks, um, and like, well, we did start doing overnight trips with her really young as well, but, um, as she's gotten older as well and, you know, times change and that sort of thing, like I kind of know all the time, even if we haven't been out for an overnight hike recently, what she does compared to the dock time. Um, and then, yeah, pretty much like for the first overnight trip, like don't overcomplicate it. Like, yeah. 
you can even just like for the first trip just to check that you're like if you're really worried that you don't have everything you could literally just hike to your backyard um and then if you are missing something it's like right there and you can run back and grab it Um, but you don't have to make it like complicated Mm -hmm. and also kids love overnight trips way more than they like day trips because overnight trips are so much more exciting yeah that's interesting yeah yeah people are often kind of like put off being like oh, overnight seems like so much harder and you know like it's so much you have to try and convince the kids to walk further and it's like I actually find I have to convince my daughter to walk more on day walks mm. than I do on overnight trips because on day walks she's just like well why are we going here what are we going to yeah. do there yeah. like what's the point like I don't care about the view at the top of the mountain like she cares about all the cool like little things that she gets to do like she loves to set up her bed she loves to like look in the cupboards and the huts like um you know see if there's anything cool near the huts like Mm -hmm. all that sort of stuff um well on a day walk she doesn't get to do that so I actually find trying to convince her to walk on a day walk is harder than trying to convince her to walk to a hut because if she knows she's walking to a hut she's like really excited about the adventure ahead yeah that's so interesting that's so cool to hear (laughs) Well, I think we're almost at the end of our time, Sonia. It's been really, really cool to um, hear all about Old Ghost Road and um, hiking with with your kids. Um, before we wrap up, do you want to let people know where they can find you online um, on Instagram? And I'll also make sure I will link the Old Ghost Road blog post in the description so people can find that easily if they want to refer to it. Awesome. Yes. Yeah. So, um, yeah, I'm on, yeah, Instagram is back to the wild NZ. It is like my business one. And I kind of like first all our personal trips on that one. Cause my business is kind of like my personal self. <laughs> and then, um, on Facebook as well, back to the wild NZ, or I do also like post public posts on my personal Facebook as well. Mm-hmm. So I post like a lot of reels and that sort of thing to the personal Facebook page, which is just Sonia Barish. Um, yeah, and then I've got a website, backtothewild.co.nz, and I post blogs on there. I need to do more. I just haven't gotten around to doing more. So there's a few on there, but um, hopefully in the future there will be more on there when I get around to it. Yeah, no, that's really awesome. Thank you so much for your time this evening. Um, it's It's been awesome to catch up and hear all of the things, all of the things about hiking and, and being a mum and trips with kids. So thank you so much, Sonia. I hope you get some really great takeaways from that episode, especially if you're a parent that wants to go hiking with your kids or if you're wanting to do the Old Ghost Road Track. I loved the detail that Sonia shared. It felt like I was right there hiking with them. I could almost feel those wet rainy days and smell the pizza. Thank you so much for tuning in and coming along for the ride. If you love the show and enjoyed listening, please take the time to leave a review on Apple or Spotify. I would also love to connect with you, so send me a DM on Instagram or leave me a voice message, and I can't wait to see you next time. Until then, keep adventuring. What's something that people ask you a lot? Do you know what they actually ask? Um, I'll, I'll say a different one for the actual thing, but the one that they actually ask is, where do you get heads hiking boots from?